good to see you guys. I'm glad that everybody is here today and hope that you're having just a great time worshiping and acknowledging and, and connecting with God. And if you were here at the beginning, didn't uh, Abby and Scarlett do a great job of welcoming everybody to church? So, so proud of them and uh, just letting us know about things that are going on at church. If you missed it, recap real quick that, that we got kids camp in two weeks. We got our student camps in three weeks. Make sure you get signed up. And if you're new with us, please let us know, all right, that, that we want you to be able to come and sit back and relax and connect with Jesus, but we know that, that when you also connect with others, it's going to truly help you find what matters. So make sure if you haven't, use that QR code in front of you or stop by the Connect wall and New Here tent as we've got a gift for you and we'd love just to connect with you that way. All right, now, we're in our last week of this series that is called How To, where we've basically been looking at the book of James and trying to decide how do we do certain things. And week one, we talked about how to handle conflict, and we said the, the best way to handle conflict is to be uh, quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. And then our week two, we talked about uh, how to tame the tongue. And, and the whole idea of taming the tongue, we said if you want to tame the tongue, you've got to change the heart. And then last week, we, we added to that and we said how to say no, and the, the way to say no is to say the best yes. The bigger yes, the better yes. And, and now today we're going to go one step further. We're going to wrap up the book of James. We're going to be in chapter 5. And we're going to look at this idea of how to pray. Now, uh, just a little transparency. I want you to go there with me if, if this is you. That how many of you all would say that, that you need to learn how to pray because you're not as good at it as you want to be. Maybe you're not very good at it. Maybe you say you stink at it. Maybe you say you would suck at praying. Is anybody in that, that area of one of those that you would just say, I, I'm not very good? Okay, so, so like 12 of you. Great. Well, the rest of you can just pray for me as I help the other 12 people. <laughs> Reality is I think we could all do a little bit better at this. Because how many of us want a real, authentic, vibrant relationship with God? All of us. Hopefully all of us. And the way to get that vibrant relationship with God, one of the major ways, I could say it this way, is through an active prayer life. And prayer is not just like something that you do before you eat or something you do before you go to bed. Prayer is not just some well wishes that you give to somebody when something bad's going on. You say, oh, my thoughts and prayers are with you. Prayer is communication with the holy. Prayer is communication with God, the creator. And he invites us in. And I use that word communication purposely. If you notice, I didn't say talking with God. Because it's more than talking with God. It's God talking with us. It's when we sing. It's when we read scripture. It's when we have moments with God in silence. There is communication with God. Prayer is much more than us talking to God. And I want us to get really good at praying. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it today. Now, I'm going to let you know that, that I'm going to talk for the next 27 minutes. And I'm going to take about 20 of that and be very practical. Like, get out your phone, take notes. I'm going to give you some things to do to help your prayer life. 
The last seven is going to get pretty personal. But, but we're not going to stop there because then we're going to go into 15 minutes of prayer after that. And then from there, what we're going to do is we're going to come back to this topic the first week of school in August, and for four weeks, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about the priority of prayer and the power of prayer and the, uh, the problem of prayer and the practice of prayer. And then from there, we're actually going to do 30 days of prayer as a church in the month of September, where 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 30 days, we're going to be praying as a church. And we're going to ask everybody to jump in and to help us to do that. Because we believe the essentiality of prayer. And I want it to be something that is in your life. And if you're like me, you're probably saying, okay, yeah, that'd be great. But I need to know how to do it. Because maybe I'm not very good at it. Or maybe it makes me nervous. Like if I was to look at you right now and say, hey, I'm going to call on somebody randomly to pray. I just need you to stand up and start praying out loud. Like half of you, the minute I say that, start sinking down in your chairs. Like, I hope he doesn't call on me. Because like we get nervous about it. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Well, well let's, let's get rid of some of that today. And like I said, let's just be real practical. And, and for us to do this, we're going to have to figure out when to pray and how to pray in those moments. And for that, we're just going to go back to the book of James. It's James chapter 5. And, and in these verses, probably some of the best verses in all of Scripture about how to pray. It, it starts and it reads like this. It says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Well, let's just stop right there. If any of you are suffering hardships, if any of you are struggling, if any of you have a, a, a trial going on, then if any of you all have some tribulation, if anybody's got some junk going on, well, the first thing we should do is pray. Yet for many of us, when trial comes, we immediately go into this, okay, I got to fix this. I got to figure this out. Who do I need to call? What do I need to do? Or we just think, well, there's, there's, I, I don't know what else to do. Maybe you've, you've said this or maybe you've heard somebody say this. Well, I've tried everything. The only thing left to do is pray. Guys, that's the wrong attitude. The very first thing we should do when trials come, when hardship comes, is pray. Yeah. Amen? Like the other day, I was, I was actually at our coastal coffee bar. I was sitting there with Clay, who's one of our pastors, and we were having kind of a meeting, and, and somebody else came and sat down with us. They said, can I sit down for a second? We're like, yeah, sure. And they were messing around on the phone, and, and as they got up, we said, are you okay? And they said, yeah, I just, I'm trying to figure this thing out, and I needed to sit and collect my thoughts, and, and I said, well, we'll pray for you. And then Clay and I just started to pray. Like as soon as I said that, I started praying. She started to, to walk away, and we just started praying out loud. We're just praying. And I got my eyes closed, and, and when I was done, I opened my eyes, and she's standing right there again. She goes, oh, I didn't know you meant right then. <laughs> it's like, yeah. If there's a hardship, pray. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises, which means pray. See, here's the reality. When we worship, when we're singing, we're not just singing to pass the time. We're not just thinking, well, we're going to have an hour-long service. We've got to do something because we, we know Josh is going to preach for 30, so let's put a little bit of songs on the front and a little bit on the back and just pass the time. 
We're, we're not going to like you go like, well, let's just display people's God-given talents or, or let's just do something kind of emotional. No, when we sing, that is prayer. We are talking with God. We are communicating with God. We're singing, great are you, Lord. That we're saying to him, God, you are great. You are great. You are great. You are above all. We're saying, God, your grace is amazing. So when we sing, when we praise, what you're doing is praying. So, so the next time we sing, make sure your attitude is, I'm going before God right now as an act of prayer. What does he want to say to me and what do I want to say to him? When, when you have hardship. You should pray. When it, are any of you happy? You should sing praises, which means prayer. Let me go on. It says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. Now, this passage can be a little confusing, especially if you don't have church background. Uh, so so let, me, let me speak to it for a second. It says, one, are any of you sick? Well, that word sick does mean physically sick, all right? Like, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like it means something else. That, that the word there, if you go back to the original language, which was the Greek, it can mean physically sick, emotionally sick, or spiritually sick. That, that you can have some kind of sickness, whatever it is, that is going on. All right, so physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. If you're sick, it says, call on the elders of the church. And again, if you don't have church background, you're like, what, call on somebody older than me to pray over me? Well, that's not a bad idea even in and of itself. But the text means more than that. What it simply means is call on the leaders of the church. All right? That, that an elder, it's a, it's a role that we have at church. An elder is kind of a leader of our church. But underneath our elders, people serve. So what you could say from this verse is call on anybody who's serving in leadership role in the church. That could be an elder. That could be a pastor. That could be a staff member. That could be a ministry leader. That could be prayer counselors. We have prayer counselors at every service every week. We have prayer counselors that stand in that connect corner and prayer counselors that stand in that connect corner and prayer counselors that are online as host. And they are there every week to serve, to pray for people. So, so in scripture, it says, call on the elders or church leaders to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And again, you might be going, okay, what's that mean? Well, what is the oil for? It can really mean twofold. One, back then, they would use oil as a way to set somebody apart. That you would basically say, this is a special moment. And you would anoint somebody with oil, saying this is special, and we're going to pray over them. This is something we still do today. That I'm, I'm going to do a child dedication as soon as this service is over. And in that child dedication, I'm going to anoint that little baby with a little bit of oil. The oil has no magical power, nothing spiritual about it, except it is us as a group saying we're setting this child apart, that, that we're taking a moment to pray. So, so it could be that you say, I need prayer, I need church leadership, I just need you to pray, I need you to anoint me with oil because I want to be set apart. It can mean that, but it also just simply means use medicine also. Now in the text, 
the context. It's saying that you should call on church leaders to pray over you and anoint you with oil. See, back then, it could, also, it could be used to set you apart, but it was also medicinal. That oil was used to help somebody who was sick. It was their medicine. Uh, we know this because of the story of the Good Samaritan. That one time there was a guy who had gotten beat up and bruised and was bloody and was laying on the side of the road. And a Samaritan came passing by. It said he got off his donkey, went to the man, and put wine and oil on his wounds. The wine was used to clean out the wound. It was the alcohol in the wine to clean out the wound. Then they would put oil on the wound to protect the wound. So it had medicinal power. So the idea is still the same. Pray if you need healing. Pray for God to heal you. And then use medicine in its proper way to help with that healing. If you're in hardship, pray. If you're happy, pray. If you're sick, pray. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And, and again, I know this can be a troubling passage. Let's just admit it. Have you ever prayed for somebody to be physically healed, and they weren't? I know I have. Anybody with me? Yeah. Like, we have friends, and we say, God, I want you to take away their cancer. But the cancer didn't disappear. See, that's where we have to go back to the beginning. You remember, sickness can mean physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. And that's why we got to trust God in the end that he's going to heal in the way that he best sees fit. So I know there's times I'm going to pray, and, and maybe a physical healing isn't going to happen. And there's times I've prayed, and I haven't seen the physical healing. But I also want to make sure I say it this way. I've prayed just as many times for the physical healing, and I've seen God show up and heal somebody in a physical way. That, that, that I know of testimonies of people who have been healed, all right? And, and it's not that, that I saw something like magical happen in the moment, but the next time they went to the doctor, the report came back negative. That in my family's life, that somebody we thought had cancer didn't have cancer. And I've said this before, I don't know if that was a doctor got it wrong or if God showed up in the moment. All I know is I was told that she had cancer, we prayed, and she doesn't have cancer, so I'm going to give glory to God. Amen? I'm going to trust that God did the healing that he needed to do. And that takes a step of faith. So hardship, pray. Happy, pray. Need healing, pray. Last one. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That if you've sinned, if you need help, go to God and say, God, I need help with this. I need, I need you to save me right now because I have sinned. And when we ask God for forgiveness, he will forgive. When we surrender our life to Christ, he will forgive. So what I want to do is I want to ask God for help. I want to ask God to forgive me in that moment. And then I want to confess it to those around me. That through confession, healing happens. And for anybody who's been part of recovery or if you've been part of our region ministry here at church, you understand this idea of confession. Confession. 
Because what confessing to one another means is I'm taking something that was in the dark and I'm putting it in the light. And things that are on the, in the dark, we can't find healing from. But when we pull it into the light, what we're doing is we're putting it there to say, God has forgiven me. I've worked with God on this. And I'm putting it in the light so that it no longer has victory over me. And I confess that to those around me because now there's accountability because things are in the light. So when do I pray? When I have hardship, when I'm happy, when I need healing, when I need help. You might say, okay, Josh, that's great. But still, how do I do it? Like literally, what do I say? Well, I want you to know if you're asking that question, you're in good company. Because the disciples, the, the guys who walked with Jesus for three years and watched him pray, they asked the very same thing. They saw his prayer life and they're like, Jesus, we want to pray like you. Can you teach us how to pray? And he did. And, and, and he, he gave them this line, uh, this prayer. He said this. He said, well, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Uh, th this prayer is called the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus gave it to the disciples and to us to teach us how to pray. Now, I unfortunately, I think that we have taken it the wrong direction. I think we have taken it as it's a prayer that we're supposed to memorize and recite all the time. Because if we do that, we'll have a victory. Curious, anybody in here ever said this prayer out loud in a locker room, on a ball field, um, on the sideline with your team before you started to play a game? Anybody? All right, so, so you understand. It's like the secret sauce for a victory, right, Mark? You know what I mean? It's like if we say the Lord's Prayer, we might actually win the game. That's what we do. And there's nothing wrong with reciting it. I would actually say this. It's a good scripture to memorize and to recite. So is all of scripture. But what Jesus, when he gave us this, I... I don't think what he was doing is trying to give us a prayer to memorize, to recite. I think what he was doing is saying, let me show you how to pray. And we can take this prayer as a model and we can boil it down to three words. Three words that we can pull from this prayer that can help you know how to pray all the time. I learned these three words when I was going through Pathway uh, myself with the staff. Uh, Pathways, an eight-week small group experience that we want everybody to go through. And some of you in the room are going through it right now. In week five, you learn about how to pray. And these three words are, are taught in Pathway. And when I saw that, I was like, that's perfect. M meaning this, that if you look at the Lord's Prayer, then what you're going to find is these three words. The first one, thanks. That if you want to know, how do I pray? What do I say? What do I do? Just start your prayer with thanks. Just say thank you. See, Jesus in his prayer, 
He said, God, you are honored. You are in heaven. Uh, May your will be done on earth. What he was doing is he was acknowledging who God is and what he's done. He's given thanks to God. And in the same way, we need to thank God. We need to give thanks to God. And you might say, well, what do I give him thanks for? Everything good in your life. You're alive. You're breathing. You're at church. Thank God. You got food on your table or you're going to eat sometime today? Thank God. You got money in your pocket? Thank God. You got a roof over your head? You got a job to go to tomorrow? You got, you got people in your life? Thank God for all good things that he is doing for you. And then say you're sorry. That if you want to know how to pray, start your prayers. And this is whether it is a prayer over dinner, whether it is a prayer in the morning, whether it's a prayer at night, prayer driving down the road, prayer before you go into a job interview, say thanks, then say sorry. Because when we come before God, we need to remember he is holy and we are not. See, go back to Jesus' prayer, his, the Lord's prayer. He said, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Jesus really didn't need to pray that. Jesus had never sinned. Jesus had no sins that needed to be forgiven. He was perfect. Yet he was given us a model on how to pray because we are not perfect. We sin and we sin daily. So every day I should go before God and I should ask him for forgiveness. Now, when I say that, I want to be real careful because you might go, okay, does that mean if I, if I don't ask God for forgiveness, I'm not forgiven? No, that's not what it means at all. See, here's reality. The minute you surrender your life to Jesus, the minute he puts the Holy Spirit in your life, you are forgiven of all your sins. Everything in the past, everything in the present, everything in the future, you are fully forgiven of all your sins. Praise God. Amen? Because I know I need that. Yet, on a daily basis, I still need to go to him and say I'm sorry. And you might say, well, why if I'm already forgiven? As a parent, you probably get this. Because as a parent, when my kids mess up, I've already forgiven them. I love my kids. They're my kids. I've already forgiven my kids of the wrongdoing when they mess up. Yet I still want my kids, especially when they were younger, I still want them to come to me and say, I messed up. I still want them to say, I'm sorry, because I want them to recognize their wrongdoing and correct a pattern of behavior. And that's the way it is for us. That I need to go to God and say, I'm sorry, not so that I'm forgiving, but so that I recognize my pattern of behavior and start to do things better. So I should go to God and say, thanks. I should go to God and say, sorry. And I should go to God and say, please, give us today our daily bread, he prayed. That, that, that deliver us from evil. That Jesus said, please. Maybe one of the best ways to illustrate how Jesus said please is to look at his prayer in in the Garden of Gethsemane. See, there was a night that Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed. He knew he was going to be arrested. He, He knew that he was going to be beat and flogged and nailed and crucified and buried. And Jesus didn't want that night. 
And what happened is he knew that night was coming, so when he got done eating dinner with some friends, he took three of his friends and he said, go outside with me, let's go to this garden. When they got to the garden, he said, I want you to stay here and I want you to pray for me. And then he went a few steps away and he started praying. And he prayed, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will be done, yours be done. And then he went back to his friends who had fallen asleep, and he said, hey, could you not keep watch with me for one hour? Now, now, now pray. Pray for me. And he went away, and he prayed again, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but not my will be done, your will be done. And then he went back to his friends, and they were asleep again. So he went back, and he prayed for a third time, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. And in that prayer, as soon as he's done praying that, the soldier showed up, he was arrested, and he went down the path of crucifixion. But if you look back at his prayer, you're going to see three specific things. The first one is in his prayer, he was specific. That he went and he asked the father a very specific thing. He said, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Now, now here's my thought. This is my thought. That, that he prayed all night long. I don't think he said a hundred times over, Father, please take this cup from me. Father, please take this cup from me. I think the prayer probably went more like this. Father, please take this cup from me. I don't want to die. I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to be whipped. I don't want to have the sins of the world on my shoulders. I don't want to be separated from you. God, this is not what I want to do. Father, would you please take this cup from me? And he prayed with such compassion and passion that his sweat was like drops of blood that he was specific in his prayer God take it away when you're suffering hardship be specific if you're broke and you need $110.10 pray for $110.10 if you got no food, pray for some food. If, you're, if you've been in deadbeat relationships and you're looking for the right thing, be specific. Don't ask for just some guy or some gal to show up. Say, God, I need you to bring somebody into my life who is kingdom-minded, a hard worker, and will help me to serve you and your kingdom better. Be specific. If it's, if it's cancer, be specific. If it's an ailment, be specific. When you say please, be specific. And then be steadfast. Jesus didn't just pray at one time. He prayed it over and over all through the night. See, I think we get into this mindset. We're like, well, I took it to God once, and he didn't answer my prayer. Well, didn't you, did you keep taking it? Did you keep knocking on the door? All through the night, Jesus knocked on the door of heaven saying, God, take this away. His disciples, his friends fell asleep. They weren't steadfast. They didn't have perseverance. They didn't have the grit. But Jesus all through the night was steadfast. So if you've got a hardship, if you need healing, if you need help, be steadfast. And then... Be surrendered. Say please. Ask for whatever it is that you need. God, I need the cancer to be gone. I need my child to come home. 
I need the addiction to, to be absent. I need the bank account to be full. Be specific and ask God whatever it is, but then be surrendered. Not my will, but yours be done. See, I'll pray for the healing, physical healing, miraculous healing, because I'm going to trust God to do what he needs to do in the moment. And I might not always like his answer, but I sure do love my Lord, and I trust him through the process. So what we have to do is be surrendered and ask, say, please, God, do this, but I'm going to trust you with your answer. Why would I do that? Because it's effective and it's powerful. Look at this last verse. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer, the steadfast prayer, the surrendered prayer of a righteous person. You might say, well, that's where I'm out because I'm not righteous. No, remember, when you surrender your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he makes you right with God. Not because of what you have done, but because of what he has done. So everybody who has surrendered their life to Christ, he makes you righteous, which means your prayers are powerful. Your prayers produce wonderful results. So go to him in prayer, which is what we're going to do right now. It's exactly what we're going to do. Like I said, we're going to pray for 15 minutes. Because see, some of you, you've got hardship. And you need to go to him and pray. And you need to ask for him to show up. Maybe for you, like during this time of, uh, of singing and praising, maybe you're going to grab one or two people right there in your row and you're going to circle up because they know the hardship you're going through and you're going to pray together. For others of you, what you're going to do is you're going to go to one of our connect corners. I'll, I'll be at this connect corner. And I'll be there to pray with you. There'll be other prayer counselors at that connect corner. They'll be there to pray with you. And we, wanna, we want you to just go ahead and say, this is the hardship I'm going through. Or this is the healing that I need. And I just need somebody to pray over me. I need somebody to put their hand on my shoulder and just pray. And you might sit there and say, you might say this, well, I don't want to be burdened. Or I don't know if it'll work. Or I don't want to let somebody know about my problems. I'll just pray about it myself. Listen. Jesus. The son of God. The creator of all. The king of kings. The lord of lords. When he needed to pray. He grabbed three of his friends. And said will you pray with me. And if Jesus needs to bring people along into his prayer circle, how much more do we need to? How much more should we grab a hold of some people and say, man, I need some prayer? Or maybe for you, your prayer is, I need help. I need to be saved. And maybe for you today, it's coming up and taking communion. 
communion, it's a little bit of juice and a piece of bread, and it's, it's there to, to represent the body and the blood of Jesus. And Jesus said, when you take it, you're to do it in remembrance of him. You evaluate yourself, you examine yourself, and, and then you give it to God. And for some of you today, maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never asked Jesus for help. Well, today's the day. Today's the day. Come up, take communion, get down on your knees, and ask Jesus to save you. And then, and then confess that. See, that's what baptism is. Baptism is confessing to the world that I've asked Jesus to help me. I've asked Jesus to save me. And I saw Lois walk over there to the corner, and she's there. And if anybody's here and wants to get baptized, there's no reason not to today. If you're a middle school or older, there's no reason not to. Confess that, man, I need Jesus help. Or you might be sitting there saying, well, this is all good, Joshua. I'm happy. Well, then stand and praise and pray and sing and celebrate. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Let's have everybody stand up. And we're going to go into this time of prayer. Let people pray with you in the connect corner. Spend some time with Jesus through communion. Take a step of baptism. But there's no reason to do it alone. Let's do it together. Let's commune. Let's communicate with God together as we pray. Jesus, thank you. For all you do we're sorry for the way we've sinned and we ask you to please intervene where we need some healing and some help with some hardships in your name Jesus amen let's go to the altar and let's worship and let's celebrate and let's connect with him right now there's prayer counselors in the corner. Communion's available. Baptism is ready. Let's spend the next 15 minutes doing this.